1: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, free, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! That's what Santa says. What? You
0: need to eat all those latkes? That's what Hanukkah
2: Harry says. Hanukkah Harry. Yes, it's December and the holiday season is upon us. Oh, what do you want for Hanukkah, Rob? Well, Kevin, I want more
0: folks to contribute to our Patreon. What do you want for Christmas, buddy?
2: I was going to see the angel cast recording, but um, I guess I'll see the exact same thing, How Rob. How
0: dare you. You'll never get it. Maybe someone out there will get us that gift.
2: How would they do that, Kevin? Well, our generous holiday elves should head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And then search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. And then you can set up a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us out. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing we are self-funded so we need your help have another pbs tote bag and for hanukkah
0: feel free to contribute eight times a month
2: okay rob now you're pushing it That's okay you're right i get right. it i see what you did there okay. but yeah.
0: have a safe healthy and happy holidays and head over to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n and leave a nice little gift for your two broadway loving elves <laughs> you liked that line didn't I you actually <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram, at
2: Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to all of our podcasts, old and new, on iTunes, Spotify, stu- you know, just all the places. Broadway <laughs> Podcast, just all of them. We're on everywhere. I, Are, everywhere? There's like a thousand places here, Rob.
0: Really? Everywhere? Yep. Everywhere. That's so exciting. I know. I could go to, like, NewYorkTimes.com and I can listen to us
2: plus episodes
0: really oh yeah congratulations you did that all by yourself congratulations you're so i'm so proud of you we're
2: a little casual today because we have we have a guest but we are but we are we are a, a different format today on Monday rob are we really yes that's so exciting because we are doing a
0: end of the decade can you imagine? End of the decade. And we have a guest with us that I am so excited decided to like come and join us today because he is the man around town. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's younger than both of us, but only by a couple of years and has already revolutionized the cabaret scene I'll say. in New York, which is amazing. It's the fabulous Daniel Dunlow. Hi, team. I, 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 almost, I wouldn't even let him say hello. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome. Of Green Room 42. Yeah. Which in, how long has it been around now? Uh, it's two and a half years. We'll be three in, in February. In three, I'm going to say two and a half years. This yeah. is incredible. It is totally revolutionized how cabaret performance is getting done in New York yes. City. It's made it affordable. Yes. It's made it really, really incredible. And it's really heightened. Hide- heightened. Hide- hide- raised
1: the
2: bar yes so daniel well, thank you thank yeah, you it's really yeah. incredible there was a void there and i feel like you really i don't know if you even knew that you needed to fill it but you did fill it it was it, an
1: accident and yeah. it happened and it's,
2: those, are, those are beautiful serendipitous <laughs> yeah. things that have happened and it really is I, I wonder if you like knew growing up that this is exactly what you would be doing at this point in your life right now when we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the musicals
1: that we saw and i had no idea that this would be the you know the, what would be happening in 2020 yeah. but it was helpful yeah so you
0: political. know i, I our hope with this podcast is that, you know, 50 years from now, people are going to be listening to it to see how, you know, Broadway was operating in like 2020 and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that 50 years from now, Green Room 42 will still be around and people will go, well, how did it all get started? So can you tell us where did this idea come from?
1: Um, and a little bit about you. So I, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Um, so I'm the director of programming for the venue and I've, uh, so i Produced the shows that happened there, essentially. Um, And there was a a space and an idea and a credit card. And um, we did it, and you know, I was charged with to start putting on the shows. And so I messaged all of my friends on Facebook that happened to be Broadway stars, uh, which was like four. And <laughs> <laughs> cause I had just like met them by going to see shows or something. Yeah, or... And Lilius white responded. And she said, she said, what's you doing Valentine's day? And I was like, well, we're not really supposed to open till June, but she said, I want to play Valentine's day. So and I was like, all right. So we opened yes. early just to accommodate the fact that she wanted to play Valentine's. Valentine's Day. And then everything that happened from there was just kind of like following and reacting to what the industry wanted and what the industry needed. And, you know, I, I don't Do think- You make we, that sound
2: very easy. Yeah. Well,
1: well, you don't tell people what you are. You let them tell you what Brilliant. you are, because they're in charge. Like the industry are the ones that are coming to the shows or the ones that are doing the shows. They're the ones that we cater to. So if we listen to them, that's what we've discovered over those, you know, we just had our 1000th show in um, on Halloween. And, uh, that's what we've learned over that is respond to them because they're the bread and butter of the industry.
2: And you do, I mean, unlike some other cabaret venues, you, you do everything. I mean, I like to say, I mean, I've done, I've done cabarets there. I've done readings of musicals Mm -hmm. there. I've seen shows there. I've seen solo shows there. I've seen big group shows there. I mean, like uh, I've done student showcases there. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I feel like this is like a a venue, a catch all venue. Yeah. If, if. If the
1: industry wants it, then it's something that you must provide the industry. And I think we'll even see that in our review of the decade. The industry has been in charge of the industry since day one, and they will tell you what you are and what they need. And I think that that's what we've we've learned there. So, when did you first fall in love with theater? Where'd you grow up? So, I grew up in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, uh, My dad's a cotton farmer. And, uh, I mean, I grew up literally on a farm. And... that happened to be 30 minutes away from the busiest single stage in America, a community theater that put on upwards to 14 shows a year on a oh, single stage. What's the name cool. of this community theater? It was Lakeland Theater Company. Bless you, okay. And I know, bless them, because, because you're doing 14 shows a year, 12 to 14 shows a year. You know, like... <laughs> Annie gets done and sound and music gets done but then all of a sudden you get to dig deep and like you do you <laughs> no, real you know you're doing community theater with like you know the great obscurities like john and Jen yes! and, oh, that's and, so cool. um, you know great American trailer park yes! musical and <laughs> yes. you know the things that that you had no idea would ever make it into the the community theater market that's so brilliant. and that's where I fell in love with theater and that was also the rise of um serious radio serious X oh radio. yeah so channel 72 uh Sirius XM on Broadway I got a, ha- a tip a hat tip to Seth Rudetsky I'm and Julie Zing. James yes because they educated me on yeah. theater for four years driving back and forth to the theater I would listen to Sirius XM so I got to click through and see who's singing the song what musical it's from right. and what year the cast album was released so you know I was like it was just in like programmed in my brain of of all of these shows yeah. so and that's how i fell in love with it and i said you know what i'm going to go do it somehow and came to NYU and been here since. That's amazing. And it, when did you come to New York? Uh, 2011. So 2011. I missed the first year of the decade, but I came in strong with amazing. 2011.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. so so 10 years ago mm-hmm. you were about to go into college. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where were you 10 years ago? 2000.
2: Uh, actually, one of the shows was opened in the 09-10 season. I did a Little Night Music. Your show was the last musical it was. of 09 to it open. It was. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. You've been, Fun fact. You
0: finished out a decade. Yeah, <laughs> you, fin- you finished that. That's right. We finished out a real, real decade. So that's okay. So that's where you were. Yeah, where was, were you? I was just starting my first year teaching at Penn State. Oh no way, Penn State. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where I was. Had no idea that you know, ten years later I'd be living in new york so i
2: know and, and we were on our podcast it was over 4 of these 10 years if you really think about it we oh my god 4 wow. years so a, a third of it over a, a we, l- yeah we, we we were we've covered so at stuff. least we've because when it got to 2000 what was it four, 15, 16 i thought oh yeah i know these yeah. shows cuz we started really getting heavy into the you know the business of learning oh, yeah, shows oh you know? yeah absolutely absolutely
0: so okay so then let's let's jump in what was the first show of the decade you remember seeing
1: um, we
0: have we actually have a list in front of us of every single musical that opened in the past ten years.
1: So I would have seen the first was um, the the juggernaut of Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Oh my god! Um, that that piece there, I, I remember. I convinced my mom to take me. And it was between um, Spider-Man, or I think Bonnie and Clyde was running at mm, the time. Mm. And you know I was telling Mom, I was like, all right, we have two options, Mom. <laughs> Option one, um, the guy who wrote Jekyll and Hyde wrote a new musical, <laughs> <laughs> or we can go see what everyone's talking about, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. And it was in previews. It was like one of oh, the first performances. Yeah. And oh, so- with, with the nerd kids or whatever? Oh like, yeah, it, we saw version like 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> of spider-man that ended up like by the time they closed they were on like 3.4 or yes. whatever
2: what about you kevin first uh, one of the decade do you remember i'm trying to remember because the, the the list we have is in alphabetical order but i think, oh yes it's I alphabetical think that it was either uh because i was doing a little night music so i could not i could only get off on my my mondays i saw Lacage opening night because they were across the street from us and there was the same producer kelsey Grammer, not kelsey robert Grammer, uh and i think but i think of all of these and I paid for a ticket to see Adam's family because I really wanted to see that. I got orchestra seat, but the one that I saw twice that left the m- biggest impression on me was Scottsboro Boys. Ah, and I yeah. was there for the the in previews, and then I was there for the closing performance as well. And it was uh, of all the ones in 2010, I would say that is the one that was the most special to me. It was a Scottsboro Boys, yes. Yeah, even though it was not a big hit, and it should have been, but it was it was absolutely beautiful. What about you?
0: Well, I was going to say it's so interesting if you're looking at like the first year of the decade. We have things like American Idiot and Mm -hmm. Andrew Jackson, and um, uh, 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 just one out of my head. Come fly away. Come fly away was uh, the Sinatra thing, the Twilight Tharp thing. Oh my goodness which flew wow. right out of the marquee. Totally <laughs> yeah. forgot about that yeah. one. The poor marquee. Did the yeah. marquee do okay this decade? I can't
1: remember. The marquee remember. has produced very little this decade. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's no. okay. No. No, on Your Feet was there for a long time, right? Yeah. Yes, that was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but a lot of this stuff in 2010 felt so rocky to me. Do you know what I mean in terms of in de- like, like musicality? Definitely. And now in 2019, at the end of the decade, what's kind of the sensibility that we have right now? You know what I mean? In
1: terms of music. It's, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. much edgier now. I mean, I, I think that you see a... there's If we're talking big picture here, you see a big shift kind of mid-decade yeah. with... Um, uh, So so I was explaining with, um, so like Sondheim entered into a market where like he finished off Gypsy and was like, this is the American book musical, boom. And finished off uh, West Side Story and was like, this is how you integrate dance into, you know, plot, boom. And then there was like this this shifty territory where like he didn't create a new wave, but he like finished one off. Yes. And Hamilton kind of like, finished one off. They were like, this is how you do pop music in the American musical theater. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. And now we're in kind of like this shifty zone of yes. the, you know, company and a little night music. And like, right. we can't really figure out what the voice is. And we're trying to perfect either the uh, the um, jukebox musical or perfect the uh, ensemble storytelling, which you see a lot. Right. Like Come From Away, Bands Visit, yes. Hades Town. Yeah. You know, oh, we're, yeah. we're trying to figure out what the next, uh, the next, Thing to tackle yeah, with the American phase musical of is what it
2: is you're exactly right do you think
0: uh, to get political for a second do you, do you think that the election in 2016 has affected the types of stories that we're now telling on Broadway
1: I would absolutely say so i mean you, you i think the producers are aware of how the tickets are purchased and um Uh, especially at the holiday season like you look at like we just finished Thanksgiving week look at the grosses from last week the people that come in and and purchase these tickets you know Broadway has a duty to be um, uh, you know uh, art driven but producers have a duty to return to investors and so you see uh, a big uh, shift in You know, uh, safer moves, and the safer Mm, moves are you know things like movies turned into musicals, which isn't unknown, which isn't unheard of. Like we've been doing that for, you know, Sweeney Todd was an opera turned into a musical. So like you know, we've been turning things into musicals for a long time. But the safer moves of these shootbox musicals, these recognizable titles, and
2: investors aren't always Democrat. You know, of course, so So some edgier, like funkier stuff might not get invested in it. Italy as a jukebox musical or something Absolutely. that's a little more quote unquote tourist friendly. I think it's
0: so interesting to note that in the last decade, which was, what do, what do you call those, the aughts? I guess the so. The aughts? Uh, that sounds so Shakespearean.
1: Art 8. eight. aught I can't
0: say Art 8. aught 8? Yes. Where are you in aught 8? Oh, Art 4 was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, I bought an iPod shuffle. <laughs> Come here, kids. <laughs> You're not my kids, but I'm going to talk to you anyway. Um, that when like when we were after 9/11 and in the midst of the war and you know the all that stuff it seemed that there were so many escapist musicals coming out and a lot of comfort food musicals yeah. the movies turned into into musicals and what i think so interesting to note in this decade is that when obama gets elected cuz it's 2010 we weren't even like a full year into his presidency Correct. yet a lot of the musicals after that seemed to be so optimistic, if that makes sense, we're, yes. so we're, there's, there's always this little sense of hope. And then after 2016, the musicals start to get a little bit grittier, a little, darker. A, a little yeah, darker, definitely. and a little bit more ensemble based, which is all, it, it seems like the message that the, de- the latter half of the decade is going to be about is the community. Your community is more important than the individual. Right. Absolutely, do you know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. You see that I think in Jagged Little Pill, you see that in Hades Town,
2: Oklahoma, oh, Woke,
0: Oklahoma, wo- Oklahoma as, the kids, <laughs> as, the, as the kids say. So I, yeah, I was just curious to see if that if that has any impact on it. But like you were saying, the producers know what the people want at this time. Where do you think ten years from now, musicals might be? I
1: hope, or even that five years. Sorry, I hope that ten years from now some wonderful producer has figured out how to do the jukebox musical. How to, how to uh, uh, you know, in the same way that Hamilton came along and put a nail in the coffin with pop music into the American musical, mm-hmm. I'd like to see someone come along and say, this is how you treat a jukebox musical. Out of all the jukebox musicals there are, not even of this decade,
0: mm-hmm. what do you
1: think is like, that that's that comes closest. The closest is Jersey Boys. Yeah, the closest is Jersey Boys. Beautiful, in a close second behind that. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of listeners and you all can agree that the um, the spectrum on which the jukebox musical can land seems a little bit wider than <laughs> the the other musicals in terms of yes, good to bad. Right. Um, oh yes. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, And I'm assuming what you liked about Jersey Boys was there was a real attempt at using the music to further
1: the story. Absolutely. And not being afraid of, you know, Broadway is Broadway's musical, musicals are musicals, and entertainment is entertainment. And oftentimes in a jukebox musical, you have to recognize that the songs are entertainment. And not being afraid to say, and then I wrote this song, and then they performed the song for entertainment's Mm -hmm. sake. Mm -hmm. Um, Beautiful did that. Beautifully, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In that, I, oh, sorry. In that, you over. know, there was one moment in the show where they used the music outside of the context of performance. They used it to further the plot,
2: and it was very powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we will see uh, w- the, the trend of what Hal Prince started with musical dramas. I do think we will see more of that as well. On the other side of the spectrum, you know, things like Ben's Visit Come From Away, Hades Hadestown, um, I think we'll see, hey, Darren Hansen, we'll see more of these sort of serial musicals that are, I think that we'll, audiences will take to them even more. We're kind of educating people, I think, that, and tourists especially, that, hey, this is a viable option other than Mamma Mia for lack of a better musical, or a jukebox musical, but, you know, something <laughs> else. I think we will continue to see uh, edgier and darker and more play-like material yeah. be musicalized and be popular.
0: What would you say, out of out of all the jukebox musicals that opened in this past decade, would you say was the best? Would you go
2: with Beautiful? Because, I mean, we, we had things like... Well, I mean, gosh, we could just run down... I mean the list. Come fly away after midnight. That was sort of ish. Uh, I think one of my favorites, uh, not production wise, but musically, mm-hmm. it was Motown. Just because I think that music is just, oh yeah, it, and it it worked. It was it's very Gordy. I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And it toured forever. And I, it's just I mean, hello, you can't wait, fight that. Absolutely. I
0: t- for me, you know, I would have said Beautiful before I had seen Jagged Little Pill, mm-hmm. and now I'm gonna say I think Jagged Little Pill is gonna be the best jukebox musical of the decade. Is it gonna All open right. before? 2020? I believe so. I think so. I think, I think right. so. We'll right? call it this decade. We're going to call it this decade. If not, I'm going to say beautiful. All right. I'll give you that. Revivals. Revivals. I'm happy to say that revivals decreased as the decade went longer. You're happy to say that.
1: Yes. We messed up some revivals.
0: <laughs> we, did. we did. We did. <laughs> there, were, there were some. Well, I'm, I'm looking at. Promises, <laughs> promises. Oh, no. I was looking at 2011 on a clear day. Oh. Woof. You can see a playbill. Because <laughs> that's all I kept looking now, now, uh, at. <laughs> I, I saw just, act one.
1: Did you really? and that's all I saw of Oh, 2011 follies though was wonderful With Mac- the with cast, Bernadette. With uh, Bernadette yeah. mm-hmm. uh, jane Hootyshell. Yes. Oh, uh, and Markey, uh, jan, maxwell. jan maxwell jan maxwell um, yeah that was her last broadway credit yeah. before she passed yeah uh, the, okay so you like you
0: like that follies mm-hmm. what are the revi- we had the gershwin's porgy and bess i was just going to say that not to be confused with neil simon's whoa. porgy and bess <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to be a trend this year, Absolutely. in this decade, right? Like, we talk
2: about that in our Tony Awards. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. put
1: yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the state's yeah. names yeah. above yeah. the title what? as if they need more attention. Like, yeah, like why, oh, why like, is that? You see Oklahoma on a marquee, and you're like, oh, who wrote that? Uh. <laughs> oh,
2: <goodness. laughs> I <think it's> <laughs> who are these new kids? Right. <laughs> and, you know, and we're starting to get into the phase of taking a revival and and, re, and re, re- redoing it a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Douglas Carter Bean redoing Cinderella to make it a little more woke, if you will, you know, and trying to take uh, that and make update it a little bit just so she's not so you know a damsel in distress but try yeah, to yeah. update a little bit. That's because that that sort of paved the way for other shows to sort of reinvent them a little bit, even though Oklahoma wasn't there wasn't a note of music necessarily changed in the melody or a dialogue, but it's certainly and let me tell changed. you this mm. is a polarizing
1: uh, concept within the community if how you yes. treat a revival. Yes. And it really has as you know surged in the latter half of this of this uh, of this decade with um, these New revivals that are coming up, you know, Carousel that happened, uh, Oklahoma uh, with the you know no changes, just yeah. right. simply you know. Uh, the only change in Oklahoma was he shot him instead of stabbed him.
2: right? Uh, Everything else was this, and yet the concept of it, it's like what they do with opera all the time. They all put something like La Traviata in the South in 2020. Let me tell you this. This This is interesting to think about. What the
1: next decade is in 2027, which is coming up in our next decade, Showboat is going to enter the public domain, which is going to be the first musical to ever enter into public domain. So people we're going to see in the next decade this kind of trend of reviving revivals and moving things, taking things out. People are going to do with musicals what Peter Brook did with Shakespeare in the '70s, and they're going to wow. set it on Mars. They're going to put in songs. They're going to move what they want. And I know it's going to. There's going to be a lot of legal battles to you know keep that from happening. But our next decade is going to introduce a world of American I didn't even think of that. That's so interesting. American <laughs> yeah. musicals, and
2: yet we still have directors you know who like we just interviewed you know doing like a Music Man, and it's very much firmly rooted in the traditional sense, presenting to Americans, you know, the way it was done with update, you know, like, but Hello, Dolly was like... It was a time machine. A glorious time machine. In a beautiful way. uh, And having present-day actors still acting as they do today, but in this world that was, is it a reality? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what was your favorite revival
1: of the 2010s. Well, you just said it. It was Hello, Dolly. Yeah, it was I mean, come no, on. I, mean, I remember at the, end, at the end of the title number in Hello, Dolly, I saw that thing six times. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I know. I saw all of them. Oh my God. Um, Wait, who was your favorite? Oh, Bet. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I love, I'm only starstruck by one performer in the world, and that's Donna Murphy. She walk into a room, and I, like, I will cry. I will yeah, tear yeah, up yeah. when I see Donna Murphy. I love that. But Bet Midler Hello, Dolly, all in equal font, you know? And at the end of the title number, I remember I leapt to my feet and I just raised my hands to the <laughs> sky. I didn't applaud, I didn't yell, I just raised my hands up, and I, that was my only reaction. I just stood there taking it in. I love that. That <laughs> I love is that so, so cool. Much.
0: So she was so bet bet. It's, it was an experience. It, it was it, magical. It, it I'm was, gonna go f- It was a religious experience. <laughs> absolutely. I, this is this sounds so <laughs> horrible to say, but I always feel like being a theater goer. <laughs> I hate to say this is it's an addiction. Do you know what I mean? It's an addiction when it's when it's great. But you when always it, like you always remember like that first high that like got yeah. you into the theater, oh, and absolutely. every experience after that yes. is trying to like get that same oh high again, God. and it very rarely happens, especially the older we get. The older you get, yeah. but that Hello Dolly,
2: you were like, yep. Yeah, this is why I do it, this is why I, I will come, this is why yeah. I will pay. Everything down to the orchestrations, to the uh, the dance, I mean, everything. The, even the cast album, you know, copying the way it was done in 1964 oh, and so the Pearl Beautiful. Now,
0: you, can, you can say what you want about Scott Rudin, but he, I think his audience's enjoyment is always his number one priority. Well,
2: I think he's trying I to really... get the high that he had when he was a little yeah. one, you know, because he, he loves theater, yeah. you know. I also would throw in Color Purple, that revival. Oh, I think. I'll about, yeah. About, speaking Hi. of religious experiences, when she got done with I'm here. I mean I stood up. I didn't it was the only time of my life my wife yep. and I were in the audience in the orchestra and I didn't think, oh, should I stand? Should I not stand? You knew it that was it, was it was like standing ovation. Yeah, time. it was just like I had to stand up and say yep. thank you. I mean it was on un- well, I get chills just thinking about that, that performance. The spring awakening. That was I missed it. I missed it. I didn't see it. See, that now was that beautiful. was
0: one. I, 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 really? yeah, I saw the first one when it first came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is fine. Like, I'm, they, they have mics in their pockets. That's nice. And then... <laughs> they have mics in their pockets. <laughs> I, and then seeing this that Michael Arden did, mm-hmm. that to me was stunning. It was his debut as a director, too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he followed brilliantly with Once on This Island, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was another one that I was madly in love with. Yes. Um, you had said before that there were maybe some that missed the mark a little bit in terms of the decade. Were there any revivals of anything that you were hoping it was going to be something amazing? And it turned out to be something less than, in your opinion.
2: In your opinion. I, uh, it was considered revival, even though in my opinion I thought it was a new show because it had never been on Broadway before. But my favorite musical of like all time is Violet. And when that mm-hmm. was done on Broadway, I was, maybe because I had seen it Done at playwrights, and I I loved it so deeply. Tell, tell I was, Daniel your story. Oh my God! So my uh, my my deep like moment of theater that I'll never get back again because it was so special. I was in the front row. They were opening the new playwrights on 42nd Street. They did an in concert with the original cast. Michael, I was in the front row. Michael McCarroy's there, I, and I I by the end of the show I was so weeping so bad that I couldn't get up out of my seat or anything. I was just weeping because it was such a experience. And oh. Roz Ryan, dead center, just looked down at me and just goes. Oh baby, (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like, (laughs) this was so beautiful. So do you think? So, but so I think that's my own. You're coming with your own baggage. Yeah, yeah. So that so that's not fair. That's like put an asterisk on that. I think we have
1: to bring up. We have to bring up uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I
2: blocked it out. I forgot I that it was at the Theater.
1: It was the Marquee. Marquee Theater. Oh. Marquee. So sorry, so sorry. Um, we have to bring up that revival because every song that was in 4-4, they changed to 6-8. And every <laughs> song that was in 6-8, they changed to 4-4. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Gigi, Let Us Not Forget. <laughs> oh, let us forget. <laughs> um, we, can't, we can't miss out on that. Sideshow. Oh, I missed it. Oh. I missed it. <laughs> it was... Fun. Um, it changed a lot of it, <laughs>
2: too, I believe, yeah.
1: They revived the revival of Cabaret.
0: Oh, yeah, revival right. of a revival. We Had did that twice
1: this decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We did um, oh, um, Sunset Boulevard. Yes. They revived the revival. And we did Cabaret. They right. revived That's the right. revival.
0: Isn't that incredible? <laughs> I forgot about reviving Cabaret. I know.
1: They were like, we're going to do Sunset Boulevard. And I was like, who's going to be Norma Desmond? And they're like, oh, oh that, right.
0: okay. And we're yeah, just going to put the orchestra right. on
2: stage. And there's not going to be <laughs> no, a set. No, and Now, wait uh, a
0: minute. If it wasn't Glenn Close, who were you hoping they were gonna announce as Norma Desmond?
2: So I was thought you were gonna say
0: Donna
1: Murphy for sure. So but, uh, no, <laughs> no, Donna Murphy, absolutely. Or Linda Muggleston. But you know, I know that Alice Ripley put her hat in the ring really hard for that. Oh, that would have been something and you know, cause that was her Broadway debut question mark, I think as Betty? No uh,
0: Tommy, wasn't she, she and was Tommy? She wasn't. She wasn't. She was okay. Sherry, Renee yeah. and Norm. But this was oh, like yes.
2: this was like
1: her yeah. and she really wanted. And she ended up doing it this year at North Shore. But uh, I know she really wanted that and I was I was rooting for her.
0: I also forgot hair. Annie? Hal oh, was hair. No, hair. that Annie. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh I don't god. want to talk about that. How dare you bring that up? You should have given me a trigger warning.
1: Here, upset that, that on my lap. <laughs>
0: that was not. I want to just like did, that picture. Oh, did,
1: oh I, I had to saw show, it. you. Saw that photo? Oh, I saw it, and I saw. I didn't see Jane Lynch. I saw Faith Prince. Oh, who like everyone? We have Broadway has been rooting for Faith Prince since day one. True. Yes. All right, we love Faith Prince. Yes, and they put her in Annie, that Annie.
0: So that, those, those were our revivals that maybe missed the mark. Okay, now, let's talk a little bit about shows that surprised you, musicals that surprised you, that you were like, okay, I'm going to go see this because it's playing on Broadway. I love a Broadway musical. Uh-huh. And you left going, well, that was incredible.
2: Bright Star. Bright Star. Bright Star. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's, to this day, it's one of the most special things that I've ever ever witnessed. That was a special evening and, in the theater, was it? Wasn't I love it, I? and I love the score. I'm, I'm a bright star. There are people who just love it, and I am a, a deep... I, I had no idea what I was going to get, and I, I loved
0: Not just... It. I mean, Carmen Cusack's performance was brilliant, but yes. that whole show, I the storytelling, I, I thought, thought it was Walter s- Bobby's best direction.
2: Of, yes, and that pod thing in the middle with the band on it, and how it moved around constantly, and they were Josh Rhodes. It, yes, choreographed, and they made it work at court, at the
1: court, which, at is, the court. <laughs> which is like you know what working. works over there. Yeah, I mean, I, last thing that worked over there, I don't know,
0: probably something from the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> something like what? <one. laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, okay, cool, cool,
1: cool. So, Bright Star was yours. How about you, Daniel? Um, so. It can't be left unsaid that I loved Chaplin, the musical. Yes. Tell, tell, us, let us, tell let us a little let bit. Us, <laughs> let us go to your... <laughs> um, Chaplin was... It was all in black and white. They did the entire musical in black and white until the final scene where it changed to color. Um, Rob McClure, who's playing... Yes. Who's playing uh, just finished Beetlejuice... And is now doing Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, he was played Charlie Chaplin. Was Tony get the
2: Tony ready? Was yeah, Tony
1: I mean, nommed for Chaplin? Right, and a performance that did not run very long. Um, and also, it was a, a lot of people's Broadway debuts in the cast. It was Chris Curtis who wrote it. It was his his uh, Broadway debut. Um, and it was just honestly a beautiful storytelling of someone that you think you know mm. and you know nothing about. Mm. Like you think you know Chaplin, but you really know nothing about him. Interesting. Interesting. Have you
0: ever seen the movie with Robert Downey Jr.? I have not. It's really, he's, he should have gotten an Oscar for that. He was really, really good. So, Chaplin was yours.
2: Mm, uh, and Bright Star, what was yours?
0: I really liked Come From Away. No shame,
2: yeah, I really wow. like Comfort.
0: That was a show that I was like, all right, I'll go see it,
2: you know, and you didn't know what to expect,
0: and you were no. like, what is cried know? from start to finish? Oh my goodness. cried from start to finish. Wow. I thought it was absolutely beautiful yeah. absolutely beautiful. Huh. were there any shows that you went in thinking a show that maybe twenty years from now it'll be revived and, and people will say and people will say, oh, why
2: did that how come
0: did that, that, not that not succeed? I'm going to ask if you that then instead.
2: might be thrown into that category bandstand. Maybe?
0: Bandstand, Mm. yeah. I think Bandstand is a show 20. Shuffle Along. I think Shuffle Along was very, (laughs) what? No, I was going to say, why didn't we not get a cast recording of Shuffle Along?
2: There's a nice bootleg online that you can actually see that material. I don't want a fucking bootleg. I know, I know, I know. All those people in that cast,
0: Really? No cast album. You got some of the greatest musical theater artists in
1: one show at the same time. A historical perspective and, and nobody reco-
0: today. We're not going to
2: record Disgusted. it. I
1: think some some bad moves were made from the yes. the, the money people on
2: that. Uh, I will put Bridges of Madison County probably in the category of, of especially with the score the of, of being like how come why not. Really, you know. I was I've never felt so torn
1: yeah. after a show. Yeah. I was like, This music, Bridges, yeah. Yeah, this music is beautiful. These performances are amazing. Yeah. And then I was like, but I don't know if it's the Broadway musical I've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. I would have been fine
0: if Bridges was a two person chamber opera. Honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: I would have I would have been absolutely fine with that. I don't know if we needed that. Now that's a that's a good opportunity. Uh is what musicals of the decade could we fix with Amelie. a, a Amelie. good concept Amelie. Amelie. i
2: loved um, i loved Amelie the score I, but how honestly, would you fix it would i would you? want it if i could direct it i would want it scaled down i would want it really small i would want it even quirkier and i wouldn't want it like in a big broadway stage i would want it like in a small little black box
1: i would have put king kong with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and given it an arena tour. That's so brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. a brilliant so, idea. You know, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is doing nothing from January to October. <laughs> so <laughs> and, call them up. And call them. And an arena tour with, with
2: King Kong. And just music Because it didn't and know puppet. what it was. Because I I my wife and I went to see it, the act one, and we we... <laughs> Because we wanted to see the puppetry, and then, but we, and I, I'm gonna be a little shady, but I, we giggled during the, the, the book scenes and, and, the, and the songs that were to further the plot because it just seemed so silly, and yet I was blasted away by the puppetry. Mm. So you're right, I, that's such a brilliant idea. What, what about would you, you? fix? what would i fix yeah or or how would you do one of these a little differently Mister director man no i think spider-man even, no, no 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 bandstand to me you really ba- love that yeah
0: i what i liked about bandstand because i saw it four times my best friend made his Leddy, debut yes. in it, so i had to yeah. like see it over and over again and every time i saw it i was like there's something here mm. there's something here it just needs to be focused I, that was my thing. I was like, I think there's something really special here. just needed to be focused. Big Fish was a show that was so hard for me because I sat there for most of the show being like, "What what am I watching?" And then the last fifteen minutes, I was sobbing uncontrollably, and so was everybody around me. Everybody who kept like shuffling their playbills mm-hmm. and like looking up. all for those fifteen minutes were so connected.
1: like rocky, so, like rocky. like rocky. <laughs> like Tina.
0: <laughs> yes. So I don't know. that's yeah. th- that bandstand is one that I would love to like jump into at some point
2: i think we'll see scottsboro again someday and people will say how how was that not a big hit i i, I would venture to guess
0: which one did you say scottsboro boys oh scottsboro boys yep. if I mean, I then know. you said you mentioned if, if then? then
2: yeah just i, I it, it ran for quite some time it was time. there for a while it did i think we forget at I, a huge house at yes the, the, yeah richard yeah. rogers
0: my favorite my favorite if then story because it was intermission and i was sitting behind this old Old Yenta couple, and the husband looked at his wife and said, If I stayed at home, then I'd have a good time. <laughs> I was like,
1: I sat next to, J- to Jason Robert Brown at If Then. Oh. And I won't say <laughs> anything else. <laughs> tell me later. I did ask him, however, I said, What does leaves too high to touch, roots too strong to fall mean from parade? I was like, What does it mean? And he was like, Well, now we're going into a different decade, but I have to tell you the story now. I want to know this. He said, he said, Well, their relationship is the tree. It's on stage the whole time and after a while the relationship grows to a point where you can no longer touch the things that you once had in a relationship but that only means that the roots are so deeply planted in the ground that that tree will never fall over
2: and i was like wow you should have said that i missed that (laughs) i just thought it was about a tree Uh, i thought it was fall the leaves fell what do you want oh my god i don't
0: like these smart shows (laughs) um performances, mm. performances, give me your top three performances from this decade, top three performances, mm. I know, that's kind of tough, uh,
2: well, first and foremost, Cynthia Riva, we already talked about her, we yeah. already know why, Color Purple, that was amazing, I, going back, if you remember, early in the decade, um, there was the Sondheim on Sondheim, and it was one of the last performances of Barbara Cook, yeah. Yeah. and I have to say, to have, to have seen her live and while she was definitely, you know, winding down a little bit, uh <laughs> it was still to to witness her on stage and to be in in the in a room with her. Uh that was something I will forever take with me. That's beautiful. Um yeah, I mean that was like truly truly special. Um and then I would say just any uh, It's a cop-out, but anything with Kelly O'Hara, I'm a huge Kelly O'Hara yeah. fan. And she did a Bart lot. Bart share
1: spent some money on
2: her this a decade. A lot <laughs> of shows that we got to see her Absolutely. in this decade. <laughs> and it's like it's the stuff Send that, like, you, you know, when you think of, like, in the 60s in the Golden Age, and you know these, you know, Ethel Merman doing all of those musicals, or even Bernadette Peters in the 80s. You know, it, it's it's the decade of Kelly O'Hara, I feel like, and Audrey McDonald. Mm. But but um, Audrey, you could say, is early in, in the, the decade before. But I think to see her in so many things, and to even... All the way up to Kiss Me, Kate. Uh, it was it was beautiful to see her. So was, those are the those are my three. I, like I mean, there's an
0: infinite number more. But mine, Rachel Bay Jones and Pippin, I thought was such a funny performance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that yeah. was exciting to see. I forgot about Pippin. Right. To see and uh, Patina Miller obviously, but yes, Rachel Bay Jones came out and took a role that usually I think is a oh throwaway my gosh. role. Well,
2: and the songs she has to sing are always kind of like, I guess I'll miss the man. And okay. she was brilliant.
0: Yeah. Um, Sydney Lucas in Fun Home. Oh, mm-hmm. good old Sydney. Wanted her to win the Tony. She was amazing. Um, Bette Midler and Dolly. Come on. Oh, you I mean, can't, obviously. Come
2: can't. on. Can't. Oh, and, that's it. You know what? I'm gonna add, throw one in there, um, um, because the band's visit and she's gonna be in company. But oh, Trina Katrina Lake. Link! Because I love when these when these people come out, you know, pop up on Broadway, and you're like, oh, overnight success, and you're like, no, yeah. they've been working. They took us off for the last two decades. But she's she blew me out of the water. I yeah. mean, she's so special.
1: I have to say, yes, um, Danny Bernstein in Follies. Oh yeah, yes, uh, that was yes, that, that was revival. kind of incredible, yeah. and just well cast and just perfect for him. It really let him like make a put his foot down on Broadway. And, and you of,
2: wonder if that is the reason why I mean his career would have gone forward no matter what. But I mean he's like he's the go-to guy now. Yeah. I mean if you want he's a character, so strong good. leading man. And so then good. We uh,
1: the visit that was on Broadway for a hot sec. Yeah, I
0: forgot about that.
1: It was Cheetah Rivera and Roger Rees. and I'm putting them together. I'm putting them together. Good because the together they put performances on that. I sat there and I watched it and I said, When these people are when this musical closes and these people are gone, they're taking this with them. No one else is gonna do this. Like, like this, like they, they are the last remaining sources of this type of
2: performance right. and of that kind of, I mean, it's like one of the last can or neb. I mean, yeah. So it's, it's really sort of the end of an era in many ways of that style. It was style. wonderful. And then I have to give uh, a shout out to
1: our, our friend, uh, Jennifer Samard and disaster. So who gave, funny. Who gave the funniest performance the I have Ever seen on Broadway. She and was great, she was and you know, yes. I think everyone always says, "Oh, a great performance is you know grandiose and big and depth and so in depth." But honestly, like she showed us how a great performance right. can be just hilarious and comedy. Yeah, yeah.
2: good oh comedy. Oh my god, you know? she was yeah.
0: a masterclass. Yeah, also a masterclass in comedy. I thought Brooke Schemansky
2: as. Yes, Barry Glickman. Oh yes, right. I thought he was so. I thought him, all of those actors in it, the Beth Level, uh, they were just so funny. Best
0: score of the decade. Oh man, best score.
2: Jeez, Rob.
0: What do you mean, jeez?
2: Oh, there's just so many good ones. I know. I mean, Leap of Faith. I (laughs) mean, Scandalous. You can give me three or so. Uh, You know, Scandalous. (laughs) How dare you?
0: They, some of the, needed Regis
2: to be fair, uh, I think some. This is a good question because some of these are, will be great scores that were not on maybe you know great shows. In other words, I, there's so many cast albums that I listen to of old shows where I'm like, oh my god, I love this score. The show, eh, it's okay. Yes, yeah. so, like I, 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 I love. The Last Ship, I know I talk about it a lot. I love that score. I love The Bridges of Madison County. I think that score is, it's, it is so, and the fact that Jason Robert Brown wrote The Bridges of Madison County and Honeymoon in Vegas mm-hmm. in like one year, I mean, and, and they both were on Broadway around the same exact time is, blows my mind because they're apples and oranges. Well, I think
1: Hamilton's the best score of the decade, um, but if we're gonna set that aside for a while, uh, I will say Honeymoon in Vegas was a gem of a score and of a book and of a musical mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that um, should have should be running right now.
2: Uh, I think I well, Fun Home. I I mean, she's my favorite composer ever, Gianni Tessori, and so I think Fun, Fun Home, Home is was, like a really solid solid. But you score. know, my
1: favorite work of hers, it's in the different decade, but it's Shrek. I think David mm. Lindsay oh, Avere, wow. Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, wrote the lyrics yeah, yeah, and yeah. she did the music and in it's... a very
2: Disney and they were controlled by the movie studio and they were yeah. really held under like a, but a they strict made art yeah. out of that. Yeah.
0: You know, was, yeah, Hamil I mean Hamilton was a great it was I think maybe like the, the best score of the decade, but right behind it, I'm gonna put the prom.
1: Yeah, I, I'm
2: with you. I'm I with thought you the prom was fabulous. I thought
1: the ladies improving her song in act two is the best 11 o'clock number in this decade, if not since, you yes. know, the as yes. long back as I can remember. In Absolutely. Theater. Absolutely.
0: God, she knocked it out of the park. I oh love God, Bridges. So I love the score to Bridges, a totally different texture. Yeah. But I love the score to Bridges.
2: You know, and under a score that doesn't... Uh, I, uh, maybe on, uh, falling under the category of things we might hear again someday and be like, oh wow, that was interesting. Woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Oh, oh yeah, so kind of, wow. I saw it in London and they retooled it and they they kind of I don't want to say fixed it, but they they definitely updated it. Worked really really well. Um, and I think that has a really fun, fascinating score. I mean, I, of course, uh, David Yazbek is you know we know that now. But um I, and so uh, yeah, that was definitely something that was special oh, to you me.
0: Know, I'm sorry, the Book of Mormon score. Yeah. Also, I told you know yeah. what's so funny. We, <laughs> we've we've been almost doing this for an hour, and it's this is I think the first time that we're mentioning things like Book
1: of Mormon, Hamilton,
2: right. and Hamilton. <laughs> right, I was like, oh yes, that's like right. how did yeah. these
0: two juggernauts? Yeah, it's a dense w-
1: decade, in a good way or a bad way. I mean, I think half of it's good and it's still running, and half of it's <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs>
2: Hey podcast listeners, are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly affordable? Come check out Shetler Studios and Theatres,
0: our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street
2: between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart, you'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combined to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience.
0: Visit their website at ShetlerStudios.com That's
2: S-H-E-T-L-E-R Studios.com Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway and we hope that you make it your artistic home too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R
0: Studios.com. See you here! What do you think was like one of the weakest decades for musical theater? The 70s. The 70s? I, 80s? I can't. I was going to say 90s. I, I yeah. Unless you really
1: liked Juan Darion, a carnival Mass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 70s has some, some, uh, Peculiar material in, in my it's very taste. very
2: transitional. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, mm-hmm.
1: And uh, as we were talking earlier about, like, the, you know, Sondheim was finding his voice in the 60s and 70s, right. and like what, and so was the American musical. Like, we were going through a big shift in, um, you know, uh, um, uh, rights uh, and the women's mm-hmm. rights movement, mm-hmm. and um, as well as, it was like civil you rights, know, gay civil, rights, civil I mean, rights yeah. everything. And we're trying to find what the, the voice of the American musical was. And they started pulling a lot from like European works. And yes. so you get like a lot of, right. you know, then we landed with like, okay, I've got it. Phantom and Les Mis and, uh, wow. you know, and Cats. And we started landing there. And it was a very shifty, shifty time, those 70s yeah. and into 80s.
2: I'm going to say 80s. You, you didn't it really? I think that there were some interesting pieces but I think with the epidemic and so many people dying and like a generation of artists Gone. I think you can see the void there because of the British invasion and all of those shows mm-hmm. that came in. You know, I think that's not a coincidence. Uh, and yeah, I think that it that we just lost a little development in that decade. I think.
0: Yeah, ni- the nineties for me. Talk to me. The nineties. Well, I think because at least in the eighties, even though the AIDS crisis was happening, so many of the artists who did die of AIDS still had work coming. Some in, work, yeah. Out in the, things like you know... Michael Chess? P- t- oh, yes. No, Dream Girls or David yeah. James Carroll, like, st- yeah. st- stuff like that. Yeah. But the 90s, I think, is, like, where you really... Just really feel see. it. Because, like, 95, what is it? It's, like, two
2: musicals oh, are nominated. yes, you're right.
0: It's Fair. Sunset Boulevard and Smokey Joe. Oh, you're
2: right. And, or, like, 91 or something. Like, you've, you've you've got, like, Cy Coleman still pumping them out, but where's the young artists of yeah. that generation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flaherty and Aaron's later on in the 90s. Like, 90, you know, they... La- but later yeah, on. But yeah, you're I think, right. t- yeah, a Good
0: point. And then, like, you have these, like, little bursts of good years. Like, 91, I think, is a really mm. good year. Mm. And then when was Ragtime? Ninety-eight, 97. Because it was yeah. the same year Lion as King. Cabaret. Oh yeah. So ninety-seven. Then you have like this burst, and then like at the end of the decade, it's like, well, we're going to give Best Musical to Fosse, and then we're going to give it the next year. to Contact. Contact. Yeah. Contact's uh-huh. a brilliant. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think it's a brilliant no, show. I know. But I, does, is it a music They were like only question mark. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's interesting. That's
1: also that's why I always say the nineties to me. And I think that's when we definitely started wrestling with how to, in, you know, what is the score? What is the American yeah. musical score? Yeah. And you know. You're playing around with things like rent come along, which kind of show you, oh, it can be this, and it pushes it a little further and a little further until we get to Hamilton. Yeah, and so now
0: where's it going to push next? I think
1: I think our our keys are the ensemble storytelling with like folk music and instrument based work that's very music centric. You look at Hades Town, look at the band's visit, look at Come From Away. Like it's all. Um, Earthy in its orchestrations and uh, string-driven, mm. and almost
2: acoustic, like Oklahoma. I mean, it's oh, fully, yeah. I mean, are, fully, I mean, yes, they're miked, but I could hear the voices and almost unmiked. When's the, the last
1: time? When's the last time you saw a timpani in a new musical? <laughs> right. You know, it's it, they they don't make you know, them. You're
2: gonna have to go to Lincoln Center to see a revival yeah. in order yeah, to yeah. see yeah. that.
1: Yeah. You, so I think we're gonna start seeing uh, more of that like folk sound into and. For the history of Broadway, popular music has been um, finding its way into the Broadway musical forever. I mean, Showboat, Uh, Bill wasn't written by uh, by Kern or Hammerstein that they put a pop song in there and that's the first that's the first
2: American book musical. So I think you're right. I think I wonder if that the delineations of musicals will be more demarcated in that we'll say oh these are jukebox like because we we've lamented jukebox musicals and praised them but lamented them their presence for over a decade now. It's not going anywhere. It's going to stay. The producers are still always going to want to make money off of the legacy even if there are quote maybe a child mm-hmm. rapist you know we're still going to produce michael jackson's musical you know or i went there Depp's i'm musical, sorry i went there which um, is about
0: michael jackson's glove Did I, you see well, that? I know i know yeah. so
2: i don't think that will ever change i think we're just going to accept that that's just a category it's going to be ever present but i do think you're right i think that folk musicals and the earthier type shows theatrical type shows will will still be a mainstay here as well i think we'll have both you know
0: directors Directors from this decade that you thought my god Thank God we found Rachel Chafkin. Thank God we found Rachel Chaffkin. <laughs> I mean, we didn't Holy find, we didn't
2: find her. She yeah. worked. She worked nope, her yes. ass off. But thank God
0: more women are directing on Broadway. Absolutely. I mean, some of the greatest shows this year were directed by women. Uh, this year, so this decade. Um, Diane Paulus, yes, Jagged Little definitely Pill. made a
2: mark on Broadway. Rachel yes. Chafkin and H- Pippin H- and, N- you know, Pierre, and you know Natasha Pierre,
1: Hades Town. Uh, Susan Stroman had had um, Scottsboro Boys. Let uh, gave us Big Fish. Big and, Fish uh, yeah, at the end of hers and Bullets Over Broadway. Had Tip to uh, William Ivy Long for his work in this decade. Yes. Oh my like God. S- four or five shows a year. What a fucking factory. <laughs> what a factory. Well, he, he lives produces. there
2: literally. So you know. Yes, yeah, in, uh, in his studio. Yeah, I mean, but Rachel
0: Chafkin to me I yeah. think was the highlight of this entire decade. I agree.
2: I agree. and I can't wait to see more what, what she'll and do. Fi- and you know, she—they finally
1: found producers that believed. her concept and what she could do for Broadway and now everyone who said no along the way is eating their hat because uh, you know she she has pioneered a new way of storytelling that is um, inclusive that is beautiful and always driven to the art and the art first that I think is is wonderful, and I
2: think that's what makes the art form so special. Is that they are there are always in, historically individuals who came along and broke the mold. You know, even if you go back to Hal Prince or whomever. You know that they they because we, we just take it for granted that you know thirty years from now we're going to be like Rachel Chavkin. I mean, she always did. It. She she was yeah. always great. She was always wonderful. She, but there was but a, she's breaking the mold right now in our
1: generation. Yeah, there was a time where she was uh, you know directing Natasha Pierre in a tent, and they were doing everything they could to get someone to notice it and. Take it somewhere, and they had support from a lot of places, but they were just fighting every step of the way. And you know, you look at the whole Natasha saga that happened on Broadway, uh, which is another thing we could talk about. Oh um, yeah, sagas, or you know, things that yeah. <laughs> sagas of the Broadway uh, decade do, Should we? Should we I, well, I,
2: want, I just want to say I wonder if, just like we wouldn't have Hamilton if we didn't have In the Heights, I wonder would we have Hades Town as we know it if we didn't have Natasha Pierre? Because they are absolutely. I feel not. like they are they are akin in their style. We a wouldn't, bit, we wouldn't we have it.
0: We, i don't think this decade can, can be mentioned without mentioning social media and oh, definitely well that's how we had be more chill isn't it that that's what i'm wondering is if there's going to be more shows like be more chill which is where the fans were the ones who said who this has to-
1: well i think i think that what we've learned in this decade is right now um, 60% of tickets are purchased by tourists and that seems like a lot uh, for the Broadway theaters, that seems like a lot, but when you consider that a hundred percent of Phantom of the Opera, a hundred percent of Chicago, a hundred percent of the Illusionists right. and is per- are purchased by tourists. New, Wicked. M- yeah. yeah, new mm-hmm. yeah. new musicals that are taking these smaller houses are really made by New Yorkers and made by Westchester and Jersey and Long Island and. I think social media has created an opportunity for the youth to now make a musical, uh, make buzz, but it still has to be sustained by those bridge, tunnel, and New Yorkers. Uh, So you see musicals like Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, there's undoubtedly it was made by the youth and social media and buzz and cast albums on Spotify yeah. and and things like that. But it is still sustained by those people who purchase tickets in groups of four and five because they're coming in. They're yeah. New Yorkers. They, you know, are they theater goers. Right. And from that you can have the tourists then come in and the third, fourth year supplement. and keep it going yes. and supplement it. Um, but really I think be more chill thing. be more chill was the youth made it. It had that following. It's a great show. Um, it, the youth created this buzz around it, but it was unable to be sustained by the New York market. And I think we'll we'll learn, you know, the, the navigation there. I'm interested That's to open. see. I'm interested to see um, what Hades Town does in the next year, mm-hmm. um, because. Someone told me once you can always watch StubHub to see the StubHub is the true tell of the market. Oh, like the resale because everyone the resale yes. because you know don't listen to whatever the theaters pricing at or look at StubHub how
2: high, how, how how high people are,
1: are willing to pay. Uh, to see the show, that's that's really interesting. And you know, if you watch StubHub, you can really tell. Right. Like there are some shows, even on this holiday week, that you could grab on StubHub—fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. I've never
2: thought to look at StubHub, that's so yeah. Yeah. but
1: that's how much the show is worth yeah. on the day of the show. And if you, that's. I'm interested to see what these shows like Hades Town and even even the ones that have been there for a while, um, Dear Evan Hansen, how they get sustained over the next year.
0: It'll be really interesting to watch over the next decade how these things yeah. are working. And it's so interesting, I think, to know things that like Dear Evan Hansen were really smart about using social media mm-hmm. to like encourage a whole new young audience to come in. Because you said you had you said Sirius when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah, Sirius
1: right? XM is so, where I learned
0: about theater so which is and we had what books fire do we have (laughs) cave drawings one of those things some old queen who would invite us to their apartment. I am sitting here thinking,
2: like, oh, in ten years from now, I'll be fifty, and or 40, forty-nine, and and how that, what, how will we change with, you know, will we change with the the technology? Because it's ten years from now, I'll be thirty-two. We, because no, we, <laughs> we don't have Tumblr pages. Like uh, just yeah. on yeah. Playbill, just released, you know, well, the, the top nine show, you know, shows talked about on Tumblr, yeah. and be, be more chill oh, wow. was like number one. You wow. know, and like, you, I think that's
1: guy read. I don't know this for for a fact, but be more chill as a as an example. It had somehow via the algorithms of Spotify was the Listen to Next album after after um, Dear Evan Hansen. So if you're listening to Dear Evan Hansen, like, you know, Passaic and Paul don't have an incredible, uh, like, at that time when Jeremy Hansen was, they didn't have a lot of other albums. No, a huge to listen catalog. To, yeah. A sure. huge catalog. Dog so fight, somehow yeah. the cast album of Be More Chill mm-hmm. uh, was the next to listen to. And that's kind of what propelled it on. And yeah. that's why I say, you know, when people play the Green Room forty two, I'm like, if you don't have an album, get an album because if they're listening to Hades Town and you're the listen to next, like, yeah, you know right. the, the, you need you need a cabaret show, you need an album, you need demographics on who buys your tickets and, you know,
2: that's what makes you a market. Talk about phases, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't want to non sequitur, but, you know, like we, we always lament how there's no more, there weren't cabarets like there were in the 80s or the 70s, you know, people doing lots of cabarets like Barbara Cook and uh, Patti LuPone. Um, but I wonder if that's going to be the next thing is individual... Artists on Broadway putting out all their albums, and because it's cheaper, and it's mm-hmm. you can digitify, you know, put it on digital media and all of that, and that's that is a an ever present thing now. Everyone's going to have an album, and everyone's going to have a presence. I wonder if that's going to be the future, you know? Because uh, half the Mean Girls all have albums. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. Kate Rockwell. I mean, like they all they all have a way of, of reaching out to, to young listeners, and I wonder do, if that's it. Do producers
0: pay attention to those algorithms when they then start to find investments for their next show? Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: If, if I've got money, I'm going to use every resource available. I don't know.
1: I, I think that the producers may hire people that might know about this and feel good at, you know, that they are can speak intelligently to this. But I don't think that any of the producers have really delved into where we're going to go in the next decade, which is, you know, digital-based theater uh, and those types of of functions creating pieces of theater and, you know, being at the forefront of why you do a show, right. who's in it, and where it's done, when it's done. I wonder
2: if we'll see more of that as we get a younger generation of producers come out. I mean, you look, know? At, oh, yeah. look Oh, yeah. Do you know what at, I mean?
1: The... Look at this. I mean... Uh, Data is the new oil, mm-hmm. uh, so they say, yeah. and you know, you're know, you not Facebook's uh, customer, you're their product, right. and you are not Telecharge's customer, you are their product, because yeah. the Schubert's own Telecharge, yeah. and when you buy a ticket, they know who you are, how you're spending money, when you spend money, and what you want to see, and I think the more and more we, we enter into a world where every time we swipe our credit card or tap our phone, we tell a company a little more about us uh producers are going to be able to very very intelligently craft a uh, theater direct to the people that want to see it and need to see it
2: well there you go i mean you just you just encapsulated what the next 10 to 20 years will be like i think Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's is that is it a good
0: thing or is it a bad thing
2: i don't know i don't know i mean there's something
1: i like i'm a little old school about it like i love the whole uh Uh, pitch a tent put on a show spaghetti against the wall like is this going to stick Um, but you know like you talked about the the Michael Jackson musical I I don't think they would be doing it if they didn't already know they were going
2: to make money I uh, hundred percent
1: agree. They they uh, these shows know when they come in that they're going to make money. You uh, anything with a a limited engagement that has a big star like for the first time ever, uh, these stars and I won't name the show or who, but they're saying, I am going to do this show until it recoups. I promise you that, and then I am going to take profits after five percent from that. So you know these. And these producers are going with the surefire, like, I can make 10% of my money, this is fine, and I can do my show, and, and this is the, the format we're going to do it. I don't see a lot of, um, other than some really, really brave producers out there that we've listed, Mara Isaacs, uh, Dale, Fre- uh, Dale Frazen, um, Eva Price... These these who are at the head of Oklahoma and Hades Town, you know, that are willing to take risks on uh, spaghetti against the wall theater. Like, is it going to stick? Let's see. And what
0: I love though is is like when they do take these chances on these shows, they pay off beautifully. Hades Town, best Mm -hmm. musical. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, best revival.
1: Mm -hmm. Hades selling at one hundred and forty eight percent last week. Insane, (laughs) which I have never seen. I know. You know,
0: places like Green Room forty two and places like fifty four below. All of a sudden which used to be cabaret, they're cabaret spaces, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden now have such a really strong hold in promoting individuals and promoting new musicals as you cultivate the future of your club. We just had
1: our first uh, transfer, like Lightning Thief, Came to the Green Room Forty Two, and now oh it's on God. Broadway. It's really and, cool. I mean, it was it was kind of wonderful to see. Yeah. So, are <laughs> you as a as a programming producer? Are you
0: consciously now aware of that and knowing that when Lightning Thief, for example, does it at your club and it's going to go on YouTube, it's you know it's more hits for your club, obviously, yeah, which yeah. is marvelous. But are, is that something that you are going to be paying more attention to? Because I, I think both your club and Fifty Four suddenly became these launching pads that nobody was expecting to happen in this decade.
1: Um, I think yes, yeah. Uh, Even the, ours, the Nova. path for mm. the American musical uh, has changed dramatically in this decade. You know, uh, we can point to it in all of these different examples. Look at the shows that, you know, something rotten didn't go out of town. It was a big musical that did not go out of town, and people were like, "How are you going to?" Like, it blew minds of producers and investors. You know, the, the path of the musical was create it, read it workshop it out of town, make sure it gets a good review, bring it in, make your money. And now you look at, you know, something rotten said, you know, we're not going to go out of town or, you know, Hadestown said, we're going to start at uh, a community theater in Vermont and then go to the New York theater workshop. Then we're going to go have uh, Canada pay for the production. Then we're going to go have London pay for the production. Then we're going to have a small capitalization to move. You know, the and then uh, be more chill. You say, oh, we're going to have, what was it? Uh, Ten years ago, they started this thing. Yeah. And you know, they capitalize. They go off-Broadway. They sell out Region off-Broadway.
0: Regional Broadway
2: theater, they? like yeah. Two Rivers. Or, or yeah. Come
0: From Away, which was like, we're going to hit like eight different
1: cities yeah. before we come to Broadway. Six, which is coming in oh, now. Six? Yeah. Which, you know,
2: <laughs> is on
1: a Which is on a... Cr- on cruise ships before it's coming to Broadway yeah, right. which you're is, exactly you know, right know the, yeah. the path for the musical is is shifting and changing and right. i think people uh, i always have to remind myself that broadway is uh, a uh, idea for a lot of us but in in concept it is are there houses they are theaters, they are rentals, mm-hmm. and you put shows in those rental spaces. Mm-hmm. And how they get there is up to the show yeah. and not up to the industry. Yeah. And I think we're oh, going to see. see a lot of different paths making it there in the yeah. next Next decade Cool
0: And very quickly An honorable mention Off-Broadway musicals Were there any Off-Broadway musicals That didn't come to Broadway That you thought to yourself There
2: was one piece That actually I just want to say it out loud Because it was such a magical Evening in the theater for me It started at St. Anne's Warehouse Mm -hmm. uh, And then it transferred It did go to the roundabout um, But A Brief Encounter Do you remember A Brief Encounter The No Coward Yeah yeah. I thought that was One of the most magical Evenings in the theater uh, I just thought that was that was incredible. I think the view upstairs was something that a lot of people talked mm, about that mm, was really special. Um, yeah, I think that's all I wrote down. Mine, First Daughter Suite,
1: Yeah, which, oh, which Day, I Day, thought was a yes.
0: stunning, stunning evening in the theater, and Strange Loop, which maybe, hopefully... Yes. First Daughter Suite, directed
1: by Kirsten Sanderson, who is another director that I hope um, the industry picks up very, gorgeous. very soon. I'm because sure. That's yeah. incredibly smart Storytelling based theater. A gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. How about yeah. for you, any off Broadway? Off Broadway, I'm going to have um, Giant. Giant. Oh, yeah. Giant starring, so good. starring Kate Baldwin, who can sing yes. the phone book to yes. me. Oh, I will listen good. to her do anything. And uh, Brian Darcy James. Mm. Um, and I mean, it was. Three and a half hours long, it felt like, but it was worth every second. <laughs> it uh, was. No one, no one has ever gone to the theater and said, oh, that was too short. <laughs> <laughs> <You're
2: right. laughs> Maybe six. That might be the uh, one.
0: <laughs> too, too short.
1: Um, it's so
0: interesting. I think that like one of the first shows to start off the decade was Catch Me If You Can. There's a song in there, went, Don't Break the Rules, mm-hmm. but I feel this whole decade... Like, ignored that Mm -hmm. and was like, we're going to break the rules in every single way. I think people will look back on this decade, maybe 50 years from now, and see that this was a really magical decade and a seismic shift in how things get put on, how things get produced, how stories are being told. And so I'm interested to see if, like, 50 years from now that 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 prediction is actually a correct one. You're right.
1: So... Oh, yeah, I I think you know, we we haven't said it enough, but Hamilton came in this decade. Hamilton was right in the middle of the decade too. Yeah, it's a good halfway mark. Hamilton was the kind of like uh, cornerstone of the of the American theater. I that, agree. That like you know you look back on these pieces like West Side Story and yep. Showboat and you know yep. our our Phantom of the Opera and then you point to Hamilton and yep. say this is a catalyst for change and shift in the way that Broadway's going to operate.
0: Do you do you think,
1: this is my question, the big thing about
0: Hamilton was it was taking hip-hop music and putting it into a musical. Have we Do you think we're going to see more musicals that use, I don't know, hip-hop, but maybe popular music to tell?
2: But it's still rooted in musical theater. I mean, like all the stuff that he did is still all of the tropes that he learned from... All of his teachers, you know, like even Sondheim, and who learned from Hammerstein. You know, I think that if it's if it yes, I think we'll see more. But I think it's still in order for it to be popular, it's still got to be rooted in the foundations of, yeah. of what yeah. we love. I think I, I I um I think that I think
1: that like I said earlier, that's a nail in the coffin. Like we did that. Like we, as the Broadway community, said this is how pop music goes into theater, and this is how it's done very very well. Um, and I think now it's time for a new challenge for Broadway, and we, where we'll find out yeah. what that is. We'll yeah. find out where yeah. where it wants to go. Yeah,
0: amazing. Yeah. well, tune in ten years from now. Yeah, we'll see you then when, when we when the three of us are still back here <laughs> talking, so, about talking about the twenty twenty. talking about the
1: twenty.
2: Oh my, that's crazy. We'll all be up to our knees in water because of the climate be under, change because yeah. we'll be underwater by Ooh. 2030
0: that's going to be fun. shows on water my Esther Williams musical will finally come to fruition on the
2: waterfront your Esther Williams <laughs> I thank you for going back there. I that can't wait. Lynn oh
0: will write goodness. the lyrics. Yes, We're very dude, excited. Dude. Daniel, I can't even tell you how much we appreciate yeah. you coming oh, it's in. My very insightful. And pleasure. Very insightful. Yeah, first of all, you're, you're brilliant. You yeah. don't need anyone to tell you that. But please go over to, what's
1: your website, greenroom42.com? The greenroom42.com uh, is for for all the Green Room projects. And be on the lookout because we've got a bunch of really fun things going to happen in 2020 that I'm so excited to to be a part of. You'll tell Fantastic. us off there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and also, and Kevin and I will just reiterate this one more time. If you have not gone over to Green Room 42, you have to, Go. you just have to do it. It's now become an institution. In three short years, it's, it's changed ex- the landscape of how cabaret is being done in New York. But, um, it's incredible. There's no there's no food and drink minimum. Is no, that correct? No food and drink. It minimum.
2: proves that you don't have to break the bank, but still you can. You're you're you will see great art, high top shelf art, and yet you can main, you can sustain that. You can like you can go a couple nights a week, and it's actually it's doable. I mean, it's really so thankful, and we didn't think it was possible, um, and it, it is.
0: And I know you've got a lot of people that are helping you in putting this place oh, yeah. on, but. Every time, you, Daniel, you you automatically seem so many times like a one man operation because you're opening the doors. You 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 open each show. I've seen you at the light board every once in a while. <laughs> um, it is so nice to see someone who's so passionate about what they do and have it rewarded in so many
1: different ways. So well, I used to do 14 shows a year at uh, the theater, the community theater, yeah, and I did the training. lights and I did the sound and I helped with the but, sets. And now I get to do 14 a week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I will say this you it, it, I've been with you many times um, and you've uh, with readings with a, a student who is doing their own cabaret you always bring the same energy you always open the show with you know you make everything seem like it is the best thing possible oh, well, and I you. think th- I do commend you for that because I think that is you make everyone no matter who they are Tony Award or not Tony Award who, whatever quote unquote status there is there isn't any mm-hmm. because you treat everyone the same we're all artists and we're all there and I just I, I love that whenever I go into that space you always feel One, special thank
1: you all for doing your Podcast, which oh. has kept me entertained for <laughs> oh, good quite some time now. Good. Oh, thank so you. Thankful. Um, this is great. And listeners, send us your thoughts.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Best of what, shows what we of the said. decade, best performances, all that fun Snubs. stuff. Snubs. Snub. What did we snub? What did, so we, what did we snub? What did, uh, we, what did snub? we leave
1: out uh today?
0: Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. You know. Oh, I'm already looking at li- don't, the list. Don't do Being it. Like, Listen Strata oh, Jones. Let's no, go. like Tony Sheldon in, in uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Like uh, was so good. Andrew Reynolds in
1: Book of Mormon. We didn't yeah. talk about Rocky. We didn't talk about the Les Mis revival. Wonderland. We didn't talk about It Should Have Been You with Tyne Daly. We didn't talk oh, about Dave's at Sea revival. Geez. We Jen. barely graced School Amazing Rock Grace. School of
2: wasn't even said out loud. <laughs> I know.
1: Cats came back. <laughs> cats came back. <laughs> oh, my God. Christian Jenowitz was on Broadway twice. Aladdin. Then, oh,
0: my God. there is so the much On the 20th century.
1: <laughs> Head over here. The My My Fair Fair Lady
0: Lady revival? Oh my god. Oh, fuck everlasting. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. (laughs) We're expecting snub Uh, tweets. We get it. We will talk to you Kristen Chenoweth on the 20th century. Did you just say that? Oh, yeah. That goddamn, what a good
2: performance. Okay. All right. Until next time. Bye. Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com.
0: And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki.
2: And friends don't forget we want more folks to hear these incredible stories and that's where you guys can come in and help us out yes
0: in order for people to find out about us we need lots of ratings on itunes the more ratings the more they'll come up in searches so head on over to itunes search for behind the curtain broadway's living legends click on our logo click on ratings and reviews then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as eliza doolittle
2: on eliza doolittle day Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. True story, Rob was there. I
0: saw it. So (laughs) head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Hi,
2: y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles.
0: Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family,
0: cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com.